happy Monday, everybody, and happy new year, 2020, which is expected to be one of the biggest years for video games with all the major releases and, of course, the major consoles. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favorite, tell a friend, and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. Again, with the holiday break, there are no new games coming out, no games released last week, but a surprise was the release of Grand Theft Auto V on Xbox Game Pass starting on January 3rd. Now on to last week's biggest news stories, and there's a record low of only three stories this week. Number one, PS5 and Xbox Series X GPU and memory specs leak, report says. Joseph Noop at IGN writes, New information on the alleged specs including GPU or graphics card and memory for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X next-gen consoles has reportedly leaked, offering us possible, albeit unofficial, better look at these two new consoles. According to a lengthy report from Digital Foundry as published by Eurogamer, the PS5 will reportedly feature a 9.2 teraflop GPU. Compare that to the PS4, which featured a theoretical max of 1.84 teraflops. The PS5 will also reportedly feature GDDR6 memory, which is identical to AMD's RX 5700 series Navi cards, if you want to compare it to the world of PC gaming. Overall, Digital Foundry's report lays out these alleged unconfirmed PS5's GPU capabilities, 36 custom Navi compute units at 2000 MHz, the PS4 Pro uses 36 GCN compute units at 911 MHz for reference. The report also suggests that the alleged PS5 GPU will be able to switch between three modes in order to offer backwards compatibility with PS4 and PS4 Pro titles. While a Gen 2 mode is evidently what the PS5 will normally be running next-gen games on, according to the report, its two separate Gen 1 and Gen 0 modes allow for backwards compatibility. The Gen 1 mode features the exact same metrics as a PS4 Pro, 36 compute units, and a 911MHz core clock, and 200GB per second of a memory bandwidth and 64 ROPs. As for the alleged Xbox Series X GPU, the report suggests there is less comprehensive data, but points to some interesting notes. A processor referred to as an Arden is found in the data acquired, but is incomplete. Digital Foundry describes the supposed Xbox Series X GPU as frankly ginormous, with signs pointing to a possible target of 12 teraflops. Quote, Meanwhile, the PlayStation 5 spec outlined in the leak points toward a device with more of a balance between price and performance, Digital Foundry's Richard Leadbetter writes. Well, assuming we're looking at a non-implausible 16GB of GDDR6 and a 1TB SSD, this is still an expensive-looking device, but stacked up against the Monster Series X, it obviously stands more of a chance of hitting the magic $399 launch price point. Of course, all of this information is so far unofficial, and Digital Foundry's Richard Leadbetter is working from supposedly leaked information, so things could change when Sony and Microsoft start divulging concrete details about their next-gen consoles. I wanted to include this story this week as this report and leak was making their rounds and all of the major video game sites were reporting on it, so to me it gave it more credence. Now it is interesting and I know a lot of numbers were thrown at you there as I was reading, but it does point to a cheaper PS5 than the Xbox Series X. Now this does scare me a little bit as what happened with the Xbox One and PS4 launch, PS4 was $100 cheaper than the Xbox One, thank you Connect, and that gave PS4 a major advantage. If this is true and they're trying to target that $399 price point for PS5, 
and Xbox Series X comes out at five, six hundred dollars, I would then support the leaked Project Lockhart, which is supposed to be the cheaper alternative option to the Xbox Series X. If Microsoft can come out with Project Lockhart cheaper than the PS5, PS5 in the middle, and then the Xbox Series X as the high-end performance option, I do think that would be a great strategy for Microsoft, which contradicts what I've said on the show previously, and not wanting them to do that, I think that could help them and help them win back the console race this generation. Number 2. Respawn's Vince Zimpella wants to give DICE LA a quote, new image. Eric Van Allen at US Gamer writes, One of Respawn Entertainment's co-founders has quickly become a driving force at Electronic Arts. Respawn CEO Vince Zimpella will be leading the DICE team based out of Los Angeles as well under his new leadership, will be looking to rebrand itself as more than a support studio. In a new interview with the Los Angeles Times, Zampella discusses how he wants to make it clear that DICE LA is separate from the Stockholm team, known for games like Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront. To that end, not only are there plans to launch an original, unrevealed game under DICE LA, but Zampella says the studio will probably rebrand, and dropping the DICE name seems likely. We want to give it a new image, Zampella told the LA Times. We want people to say, this is a destination you can go and make new content. I think they've kind of gotten the branding that they are the support studio for DICE Stockholm. I think rebranding is important for showing people, hey, come work here, we're going to do some amazing things. It was reported last year that DICE LA had been put under Zampella's leadership. Given the reception of both Apex Legends and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in the time since, it's easy to see why. Apex has brought in millions of players and become a major battle royale game, even as a late arrival to a tough market, and Fallen Order received positive critical acclaim. Meanwhile, Respawn, the LA Times says Fallen Order leader Stig Amason will continue to direct a narrative branch at the studio, while Apex Legends is being overseen by Chad Greener, an Infinity Ward alum who came over to Respawn with Zampella. Respawn is also working on the Medal of Honor VR game Above and Beyond. Zampella teases that there might be more, but his role has become more of a head coach. I think this is awesome news for EA, who is a struggling publisher right now. I love Respawn and love Vincent Pella and everything he has touched. Credit to Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Titanfall 1 and 2, Jedi Fallen Order, and of course Apex Legends. They are certainly on a hot streak right now, and I pretty much have loved all of their games out of Respawn. Can't wait to see what he can do next with a whole new team. And number 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare brings back grind mode from Call of Duty Ghosts. Jordan Gerblick at GamesRadar writes, Infinity Ward is bringing a new game to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but it's not new to the franchise. First introduced with 2013's Call of Duty Ghost, Grind is like a hybrid of Kill Confirmed and Hardpoint, tasking you with collecting dog tags from your fallen foes and bringing them to changing locations to secure points. Just like Kill Confirmed, Grind also gives you the chance to collect your teammates' dog tags before your opponents can turn them in. You can collect as many dog tags as you want, but doing so puts you at risk of being killed in transit, causing you to drop the tags for the enemy to collect. And if that doesn't sound chaotic and bloody enough, the rotating locations you need to reach with the dog tags are the same for both teams, making those tense final stretches especially dicey. Variations of grind mode have featured in different Call of Duty games. You might remember Fracture from Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or Stockpile from Black Ops 4. More options for all of you Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer fans. Fortunately, I've kind of dropped off the Call of Duty multiplayer scene. Used to be so hardcore into Modern Warfare Modern Warfare 2, but I've become more of a single player gamer as I've gotten older. I love the Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign and cannot recommend it enough if you haven't tried it yet, but all you out there playing multiplayer, enjoy. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and unfortunately, this one is not that fun. Written by Phil Varial on Consumerist.com back in 09, it is about the failure rate of the Xbox 360. Xbox 360 failure rate is 54.2% Game Informer finds. The Xbox 360 breaks five times as often as its closest failure-prone competitor, the PlayStation 3, a print edition-only Game Informer survey found. The poorly manufactured Red Ring of Death-prone console has a 54.2% failure rate, 
compared to the 10.6% for the PS3 and the Wii 6.8%. If you've ever been an Xbox gamer in the 360 generation, we have all heard of the Red Ring of Deaths. Unfortunately, it only happened to me once and it broke a console which led me to buy the Xbox Arcade Edition. I don't know why they ever released that. And I do have a story of one of my friends doing the towel trick to fix his Red Ring of Deaths and it actually worked for a short time. Thank you guys for all listening to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast. Your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, as I've been recovering from a minor surgery, I've had a lot of time to play games. I finished Life is Strange 2 and absolutely adored it again. If you haven't played any of the games in the series, they're all great. I replayed through Halo 4 and played Halo 5 for the first time. I loved Halo 4 and was really disappointed by Halo 5. Over the past year, I think I've really cemented myself as a Halo fan, and I cannot wait to see what they can do with Halo Infinite and hopefully win me back. I also played and beat Bastion for the first time, an old XBLA arcade gem. Really love the game, great gameplay, and a really cool, interesting story. I tried out Lonely Mountains Downhill, which was fine, I don't know if I'll get back to it. Played a little bit of Halo Spartan Assault while listening to some podcasts and thought it was okay. And I finally beat Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I loved the store in it, but the gameplay wasn't quite for me. I'm not a big Dark Soulsy fan, but I can't wait to see what they could do next with the next game coming out. How about that ending? My god. My name is Brandon Rosie. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.